The following message was preached at Flint Hill Baptist Church. We would love for you to join us on Sundays for life groups and worship, or on Wednesdays for adult Bible study, kids, and youth activities. For more information, visit flinthill.net. And it's good having a choir back here behind me, isn't it? Praise the Lord. I got people closer than the front row. Alex, how about that? Huh? They're really in the spit zone back here now. I know it. You got your Bibles? Open them up to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. I've just got three verses I want to share with you. Man, just a great day in the Lord that we can celebrate together. Uh, I just, I'm, we, we wanted to be intentional just to... Um, God has just been doing a neat work in our hearts for months now in cultivating a heart of worship, uh, not just with our children, but with our students, and obviously with, uh, with our adults as well in so many different ways. And, and one of the incredible things is what the Lord's doing with this uh, uh, worship ministry behind me. It's just a beautiful thing when the Lord begins to work uh, in just ways that brings honor and glory to Him. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I'm going to read just a few verses here. I've titled the message, Happy in Jesus. Uh, you know, I'm not, I don't always do a real good job with titles sometimes. And, uh, and I started working on that, and I thought, man, that's too stiff. That's too stiff. I mean, it's, happy. it's, it's a happy Thanksgiving, man. Let's get happy in Jesus up in here. And, uh, and man, I really am. I, I, I hope you're happy, happy, happy. And I mean that for real, in Jesus' name. Um, oh, okay, if you got your Bible, let me get to the Scripture here. i got to stay on time. Isn't that right? I know, I know. We got, hey, by the way, if you don't know, if you don't know, we have a luncheon right after this. Whether you came prepared for that or not, there's plenty of food for you, and we welcome all of you to join with us today. Um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, Paul here at the end of this incredible little letter to the church at Thessalonica, he's given them some just clear exhortation. And he, uh, it's just real straightforward. You're going to see in just a moment as I read these scriptures, it's very clear, very direct. Um, it's very imperative. I mean, th these are things, these are commands that he's reminding them. He's just unloading in this moment, really kind of out of an overflow of his heart throughout this whole little letter. So here we are in verse 16. It says, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I, amen. I mean, this is just a beautiful, just a few verses. Uh, and, uh, but it's, it, 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 you know, Paul's just encouraging, exhorting the Christians there. And I, and I want to share with you, it's kind of a threefold statement. And you see them, it's just real clear, real simple. One, he says, first thing is this, if you make any notes, that we ought to have ceaseless joy. The scripture says to be joyful always. I mean, always. You know, in your Greek New Testament, that means all the time. That means always. It's very simple and straightforward. The psalmist said in Psalm 16, and, and this is just beautiful. He says, Thou wilt show me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I mean, it's really possible. The Scripture not only exhorts it, that we can delight ourselves in the Lord. I don't know if you ever thought much about that, being joyful, uh, you know, sometimes people say, well, you just got to muster up and put your smile on and get moving. And I mean, and, and I'm, not, I'm not denying that. Paul would not deny that there are moments. I got to turn like this. There's moments in our life. Thank you for that smile. I appreciate that, Debbie. There's moments in life when, when you got to kind of put the smile on and get moving. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. I don't know if you ever do that. I do it quite often. 
apparently more than I realize, even in the grocery store while I'm going up and down the aisles. I do, I know, I talk to myself. I need, that's called therapy. That's counseling for me from the Lord. I believe that in Jesus' name, by the Holy Spirit. But, uh, but sometimes you've got to talk to yourself. Paul's also reminding the believers in Thessalonica, listen, they, they were not immune to struggles. In other words, when you read this little letter, there's all kind of stuff going on in their world. Uh, challenges, for sure. Persecution, for sure. Trouble, for sure. Yet Paul says very clearly, the Scripture under the leadership of the Holy Spirit says, Be joyful always. Always. That means all the time. In other words, biblical joy comes from the Lord. It's not something we muster up per se, or it's not even dependent on our circumstances. In fact, God can bring joy into the heart of a believer when things aren't going well. When things are struggling, when things are not good, the job's not working out, people at work are crazy, and all kind of stuff's going on. The world's falling apart. You don't have enough means to, to meet all the needs, all this stuff going on. All kind of crazy, yet God says to the believer, I want you to be joyful. Why? Not because of your circumstances, but because He is full of joy. Let me remind you in John 15, Jesus said one of the beautiful passages about abiding in Him is that He wants to take His joy and make it permanent or blossom or flourish in your life as a Christian. So he exhorts us to have ceaseless joy. I, uh, Richard Blackaby, I got to know earlier this year. I feel like I know him very well, but I know him very little. Uh, him and his dad have blessed me so much uh, in, in some of their devotions. But he makes this statement in one of his books. He says, as we consciously draw near to God... We will be overwhelmed by a profound sense of pure, unquenchable joy. Joy that, pervades, joy that pervades God's presence and overflows to His children. In fact, he goes on to say that's what makes heaven so wonderful. Not that it's eternity in itself by itself, but it's eternally you will experience the incredible riches of His joy, His presence, undiluted, not tempered by anything, just the pureness of Him and His presence and His joy. Supernatural joy comes from the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 tells us it's one of those fruits of God's working in our lives. So the phrase to rejoice always literally means at all times, in all places, in all circumstances, I will choose to rejoice. The emphasis is on Christians having this deep-seated confidence in God working in their lives for His good and His plan. The second thing is this, continuous prayer. I mean, we see it in the Scriptures. He said, be joyful always, and the same imperative, be prayerful, be praying continually. Uh, MacArthur makes a statement. He said, joyful believers will be prayerful believers. Uh, to pray literally uh, continually uh, doesn't mean necessarily uh, that you're kneeling and standing at certain times uh, throughout the day. Although you could kneel or stand throughout the day for sure, but he's talking about a continual attitude of prayer which marks the life of the believer. It's a conversation, y'all. I can't help it. I'm from Alabama, y'all. Okay? It's a conversation that's real and personal. Uh, I go back to this. I hang on it. When I got saved down there in Selma, Alabama and gave my life to Christ, no one had to come to me and say, hey, you need to talk to your Heavenly Father. Why? Because Mr. Bearden said when you come to Jesus, when you come under the blood of Christ, the Bible says you're birthed into this new relationship that's real and personal. It's life-changing. 
I, I was as raw as you want to get. Didn't know a hill of beans about the Word of God. But when I got up off my knees that day, God guided me to this scripture. But more importantly, I began to have conversations with the Lord. Now listen, I, don't, I didn't necessarily hear an audible voice, but man, I was crying out to the Lord and God was pouring out in my heart. His presence, His joy, all these wonderful things. That's what he's talking about here. To be continuous in prayer indicates this intimate, personal conversation that is birthed from heaven above. It ought not to shock us or, 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 or to, to, to catch us off guard today. Jesus modeled this throughout his life. Oftentimes we find the Lord in the Gospels going to a solitary place and praying. Oftentimes in your New Testament, it's only when God's people began to pray and to seek the face of God that God began to answer and move among His people. It's not rocket science, y'all. God loves you. Will y'all do me a favor? Do help me right here. Just help me. Will you turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you? Turn to him right now. All right, thank you. All right. Hey, hold on. You can't say that without a smile on your face. Turn to him again, smile at him and say, God loves you. I mean it. All right. You need to hear that. You need to hear that. God loves you. I know it blows some of your mind. You're thinking, mm, me? Yes, you. Absolutely. You don't, do, you don't do something to make God love you more. Man, God loves you. The Bible says while you're yet sinners, that means you've strayed away. That means you missed the mark. God demonstrated. If you want to know how much God loves you, look at the cross. He died for you, for me, for us. There is no other place. He showed us how much. I mean, we're about to walk into this, what we call Advent season. God clothed himself for he, with humanity for one purpose, to go to the cross. Because only his death was the only, only sacrifice that would make a provision for our sin and to God be the glory. So I say this, God loves you. I, I, don't, know how, I don't know what you think. I don't know what your thoughts when you think about God and how beautiful he is and and loving, I, I don't know if some of you think that he's holy and pure and he's going to get you sometimes or something. I don't know what's going through your mind when you think about the Lord. But friend, I want you to understand, he loves you. He is a heavenly father that longs for you to communicate with him in a real way. If you're sad, be sad before the Lord. If, you, if you're angry, get on, cry out to the Lord. I mean, read be okay to be yourself when you come before the Lord. Be real. Be sincere. I mean, I, God loves you. He, I, I, can't, I could say that. I could just end this right there, but i got a couple of things, more things I want to say to you. Hey, um, continuous prayer. Getting back to the Scripture here. And then the last thing, it says constant thanks. That means never give up. Never stop thanking or being thankful. The Bible clearly says in all circumstances. In, in other words, he's saying no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on, to be thankful. I, I know today we're, we're kind of in happy Thanksgiving mode, or at least I am. I hope you are. Um, but I want us to be happy in Jesus. I want us to be happy in the Lord. And some of that means you need to be thankful. Uh, in fact, MacArthur makes a, a, a statement here. He says it's real simple. It's real direct, uh, this statement here. And it allows believers no excuses to be ungrateful. We have no excuse before the Lord who has blessed us tremendously. Oh my goodness, with all things. Everything for life. Everything we need for life. He is blessed. He is unloaded. He has just unleashed in our life. There's no excuse to be ungrateful. Now, I'm not going to say there are moments where I don't know if you get down or discouraged. I'm not saying that at all. 
And sometimes you do have to remind yourself that God is a great God, He's a good God, He's a loving God. And some of, sometimes, I don't know if you ever do this, I'm not trying to give you my counseling tips, but here we go. Sometimes you've got to count the ways. There's the old song that says, count your many blessings. See, y'all know that. I don't know. One by one. Come on. Are y'all with me? Name them. Write them down. Remind yourself of how great God is and how good He is to you personally. Quit whining about what He hadn't done and remind yourself what He has done in Jesus. I mean, I'm just trying to encourage you here today. I want you to be happy in Jesus. Happy in Jesus. That, I mean, he says to have constant thanks. In other words, let this thankfulness just roll out of your heart. The gracious uh, fruit of the Holy Spirit is a thankful heart. I mean, I'm telling you, within the believer. In fact, MacArthur makes it, I, thought, I love this statement. He said it's spiritually abnormal for Christians to be unthankful before God. And I just I got, kind of got hung up on that spiritually abnormal. I'm a little abnormal at times myself, but it's not good. It's not a good place to be if I call myself a Christian and I'm, un, and I'm unthankful for what God has done for me. Or I can't muster up the, the energy to say, thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. I, I can't be like the psalmist and say, man, I want to praise you. Whether I'm in sackcloth for morning, God, I want to praise you and thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, he makes a statement here in the Scripture. You can't deny it. I mean, I mean, it's right there. I mean, it's only three verses. You know, I like it when it's just clear. I'll be honest, I'm a simple man. And I love it when it's real clear. He said, this is God's will. I don't know if you've ever sat around and wondered, what is God's will for my life? I don't know. I mean, some of y'all may, may have moved past that in your life. Some of y'all might be early on starting in your life, starting your journey, wondering maybe, what is God's will you know, and some people really get hung up on this vocation, that vocation. I will tell you, the, the Word of God is a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. And God will give you a peace that passes all understanding and will guard your hearts and minds as you make those decisions. But you notice in this text, being joyful, being prayerful, or having this intimate conversation with the Lord and giving thanks to Him in everything has nothing to do with your vocation or your placement in your family. Or your situation in life. He just says, this is God's will. These are things that want to be the mark of a Christian. No matter where you are, no matter what's going on. He said, I want you to be this. Why? For His good and for His glory. For our good and for His glory. It's God's will. You can't hide from that. You can't run around it. That's why MacArthur says it's spiritually abnormal for a Christian to be unthankful. It's God's will. Now, I don't know about you, um, I mean, in one sense, when you look at this, it's a pretty tall order to be, to, to be joyful always. And, and look, I don't mean putting on a fake smile. Please don't. Debbie, you can smile at me again. Thank you. I, and I, not that that means it's fake at all. I know. I called her out the first time. Some people you can call out in the service. Other ones you can't. They won't ever come back, you know. <laughs> and I'd be guilty of that because some people didn't come back. And I didn't mean to offend them. Anyway, I digress. It's a tall order, isn't it? To be joyful? Always. If I had to go around, and I won't, I promise you I won't during our lunch time, I won't do this, but if I had to go up to your family and say, hey, do you think he's joyful? Always. Huh? How, how would, how would the, those closest to you describe how you really are? 
I don't know, sometimes I bet my kids, if I'll be honest, I can get real determined and fixated. I, yeah, I don't need to get amen from anybody. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I can get kind of fixated on things. I got a little issues going on. And I can get kind of task-oriented. Anybody else like this? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. You're a builder. You want to, be, you want to get the job done. Right? Working. Get after it. I get it. I understand it. But, but we can't hide from the reality. Please hear me. It's God's will for us to be joyful. Always. To, to have this intimate conversation with Him. Always. It doesn't leave when you step out this building. Man, you're always in the presence of Almighty God. And the Bible says in the presence of the, of the Lord is the fullness of joy. And He wants us really to just have thankfulness in our heart. So when I look at this, I look at I can't I can't get around it. You can't stumble over it and go, well, let me walk around this thing. Uh-oh. No, it's God's will. There's no excuses. From this day forward, there's no excuses. If you're a child of God here today, there's no excuses. Now, the good news I want to share with you, please hear me. In this these few verses, he all Paul also gives us the key to experiencing the fullness of joy always. Intimate conversation that we say, praying continually, and the attitude of thankfulness. It's a key here. It's really only three words in, your, in, your, in the script at the end of verse 18, or at least in my NIV it is. He says, For it's God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Those are big words. Christ means the Messiah, you know, that the anointed one. In other words, Paul's saying, if you want to find this joy that's unceasing, this, this incredible intimacy with him, with God, and this incredible thankfulness, you want it to ooze out of your life? Well, look, you can't muster that up on your own. You can't grow it on your own. No, it's only found in Christ, in him. Paul's reminding the church there in Thessalonica that, look, if we're going to do this thing called church, if we're going to be God's people in the world in which we live, we've got to do it in Christ. In His name, in His power, by His Spirit. It reminds me again, going back to John 15. Jesus said, He used these words, the same context here, to abide in Him. To remain in Him. And His Word would remain in us. His presence would just flourish in our lives. We would be nourished and the joy of the Lord, the love of God would just permeate and, and, and filter out through every aspect of our life. So here's, so here's my question for us today. Because uh, Paul said it clearly. There's, there's no mistake. It's God's will. There's no excuses. You can't give any excuse anymore for unthankfulness or poor attitude. You can confess it to the Lord. You can ask God to forgive you. But don't make excuses. But on the other side of that, God wants me and you to be representatives today. To let the world see how much Jesus Christ really means to us and how much joy he's really brought into our heart. The birthing of Jesus brought great joy. The, the chorus of angels declared great joy. Well, how's that joy lived out? It's, between, it's, it's in us and it's in, in our lives today. So I just have a simple question for all of us that are here. Now, many of you I know, some I don't know. It's a real simple question. Are you in Christ Jesus today? Do you know him personally? As your Lord and Savior. The Bible says if you know Him, and when that word know means to personally, intimate know Him, to trust Him, to turn to Him, to confess your sin, right, choir? To turn to Him and acknowledge that there's only one place that He alone, He alone can forgive sins. He alone has the authority and the power to forgive and cleanse my heart and renew this life so that the life is now 
an opportunity to declare how incredible, great our God is by our joy, by our communion with Him, and by the thankfulness that flows out of our life. So I go back to that question. If I was to ask you today, and I am going to ask you this, are you in Christ today? Are you in Christ Jesus? Can you honestly testify, and I'm not going to call you out, could you testify that there was a, that Christ is in me, the hope of glory, that I know Him personally as my Lord and Savior, that my heart's desire is to honor Him? Friend, there's two kinds of people, well, maybe three in this room, depending on. One is you're a Christian, you love Jesus, and you're, you're not perfect, but you're trying to live your life for the glory of God. Two, on the other extreme of that, you might be a person in here today, and we're so glad you're here. Friends and Family Day is a beautiful thing. Man, we gather together. We're going to celebrate. We're going to go eat some food here in just a moment. Just a beautiful time to celebrate. But friend, hear me. It may be today you've come to realize, hey, I don't have Christ personally in my, my life. Oh, I've come to church every now and then, but I don't know Jesus Christ personally as my Lord and Savior. Maybe right now, right here, you realize this. Friend, let me tell you, today's a great day for you. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song of invitation. I would, wouldn't, would love more than anything for you to come forward and say, Pastor, I need Christ Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That takes a lot of courage for you to come on down. But you come in just a moment. There's another group of people in here. Maybe you're like Steve was last week. and You, you know Christ. You know Him. You, you know you're saved. You're going to heaven. But the reality is there's this big gap in your life between you knowing Him and living for Him each and every day. And so if that's you, then I want to encourage you, as Steve came forward last Sunday, man, look, come to that place. Maybe today is the day where you go, God, forgive me for being the way that I've been. I want to honor you with my life. I want, I want joy, your joy, this intimacy with you. I want to give thanks. I want this to be a constant theme in my life, Lord, for your glory. So right now, right here, if you will, just bow your heads for me, if you will, just for a moment. And I'm just going to lead us in a word of prayer. And then after this prayer, we're going to sing a song, a hymn of some kind. It's called a hymn of response. It's an opportunity for you to respond, not just to me, not to some preacher. Now, if you want to come forward, if you need to come forward and be baptized and make public a profession of faith and say, I love Jesus, I want to honor him with my life and want to unite with this church, then you come. We invite you to do that. But maybe you need to just do business with the Lord right now, right here. Maybe you just need to come to that place where you acknowledge, I, I'm not really measuring up. I know Him, but I'm just not quite living for Him today. My hope for you is that today is like no other day. Today is a day to draw the line in the sand and say, from this day forward, God, I want to be in Christ Jesus. I want to live for you personally, passionately. Father, would you help us right now in this moment of what we call response, God, that you would just work in our hearts all across this sanctuary. God, whatever decisions you need to make, God, I pray that you would do them in Jesus' name. God, that you, you, you drew all these people here today for your glory, for this opportunity, for this day, and we want to praise your holy name. God, in just a moment, help us to do business with you. God, we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Stand with me this morning, church. We're going to sing his song of response, and as we sing, I'll be down here. If you need to come forward, make anything public today. Let's sing this to the Lord.